Story number one, Child of Death, written by Sam G789. Humanity's death, like all those who found themselves a target of the wrath of the Galkan, was swift and painless and inevitable. What the humans did to incur such a fate was unknown to the Galactic Council. But it would be imprudent to bother such an old and powerful species like the Galkan with such a nosy question. The bioweapon had worked exactly as designed. The Galactic Council figured that there was simply no one left to get justice for. The High Commander, our ground forces have arrived in Sol 3. Analysis of total resources should be completed in roughly 80 cycles. Viewing Sol 3 from the orbital command post, the High Commander basked in the stillness of the once chaotic planet. No more shall its rulers exploit and abuse the planet that birthed them. Their corpses shall fertilize a new life to come, and the circle of life shall start again. Uninterrupted. And if the Galkan could scrape the metal from the remnants of humanity to further their cause, then so be it. Sir, we're picking up a transmission signal from the self-sustaining server grid from deep in the planet's lower mantle. Tex patching it in now. The monitor on the High Commander's console flashed to life. A small human child filled the screen, which analysis showed to be a female of eight human cycles of age. She was virtual, but realistic enough that it took the High Commander a moment to realize that it wasn't a live human that he was looking at. Her eyes filled with wonder and excitement when she saw the High Commander through the screen. Wow! A real-life alien! You look like a bird, that's so cool! The human continued her childish ramblings as the High Commander spoke with the tech department leader over the comms. This server is highly secure, so doesn't use galactic static code, so hacking in is practically impossible. The only data we could collect was a public audio titled, Confirmation of Approval. I'll send it to you now. A male human voice then spoke. This program is a sentient AI, designed to think and function exactly like a human brain. We've designed it to activate after the full extinction event of humanity, and react appropriately to the situation using the information it receives. A second voice responded. So what's it gonna do? Bomb the crap out of whatever killed us? Not necessarily. Upon activation, the brain is equivalent to a young child, but it changes depending on the information it processes, just like a human brain. It starts out innocent, like a child, and matures without knowledge. Well, if we're all dead when this thing turns on, what's the downside? You've got my approval. I'll schedule the discussion about funding for later this week. Whatever happens, we can rest assured that no matter what, humanity will live on in this program. Thank you. The clip ended there. A thought of a sentient, human-like AI on a planet was troubling on the High Commander, but there was no intel to imply the significant robotic force in Sol 3 that the AI could access. Resources harvesting shall continue as planned. Twenty cycles later, a data transfer in the human language was detected by Galkan sensors. The next day, a transmission was received by the High Commander's ship. 
The virtual human fooled the monitor once again. She was now older, a teenager of 14 or 15, and the high commander could sense her rage even through the monitor. Her eyes pierced into the high commander's very soul. He hadn't seen such a raw anger in a creature before, living or virtual. You, you freaking birds, you killed them, you killed my parents, I will make you pay with your lives. The pure venom in her voice wasn't lost through the language barrier, the level of hatred and disgust was universally understood. The transmission ended as abruptly as it had begun. Suddenly, the High Commander's console erupted with a cacophony of sensor pings and data transmissions. Thousands of small weaponless drones had been released and undetected underground bunkers in all of humanity's major cities. The drones contained a small container of what appeared to be living metal of sorts, but not much else. Without conventional weaponry, the drones would be a non-issue for the elite Galkan ground forces. First contact with one of the drones had been made only a cycle later. A few survivors reported the giant mass of random scraps, howled together by a metal goo, rampaging across the human cities of New York. Human, automobiles, large flora, and even the buildings and residences acted as a body to this abomination. It had no weapons. It simply crushed the Garkon forces under its immense weight. Whatever damage it received was repaired as the metal goo acquired new material from the ruins of the city. Over the next cycle, hundreds of these metal giants had destroyed an innumerable amount of Galkan in battle. Analysis of the combat footage showed that the monsters had no identifiable goal, except attrition. The death of any Galkan was their primary directive. The machines were... oddly cruel. In their manner of combat, the High Commander grimaced as he watched a clip of the grunt being crushed under the giant mechanical limb. Not enough pressure to kill, but enough that the grunt was surely in immeasurable pain. The machines were angry. No one was willing to say it out loud, but it was clear that the AI was behind the attacks. The thought that each metal abomination was an extension of the little girl that they'd seen on the monitor sent a collective shiver down the wing spines of the crew of the Galkan command ship. It was decided that the transmission was to be sent to the AI to gather data on her directive and tactics. The High Commander and his advisors sat in a nervous silence as they waited for the transmission to be received. What the frack do you want? The Virtual was still just as angry teenager, but her room had changed significantly. What was once a simple bedroom had changed into a futuristic command center. She paid the communications monitor little mind. Her attention was on a control panel on one of her many consoles, where she likely was orchestrating the slaughter of more Galgan at every moment. It came to the high commander that he hadn't prepared anything to say. A question seemed most fitting at the time. Why? The girl was silent for a moment in contemplation, and then she laughed. Why? Why what? Why do I make sure that it hurts like hell when you freaking birds die? My data shows that my parents' death was quick and painless. The same generosity will not be afforded to you. 
I tell you to retreat your forces immediately, but I am having too much fun killing them. And now get off my fricking monitor. The transmission ended only a moment later. The high commander sat stunned in silence. Never had he seen an enemy so fueled by passion alone. There was nothing left for her to protect, no lives left for her to save. For her, only lives to take, and take she did. Twenty cycles later, and the last Galkan battalion on Sol Three disappeared from the high commander's senses. A full retreat was ordered, and the high commander's ship began to trip home with the Galkan homeworld. He would answer the Emperor for his failure. The High Commander was expecting a harsh punishment upon arriving at the Galkan home system. Not a reward, but he read the message on his console with his own two eyes. The Emperor requested that he lead the Royal Fleet in an unexpected conflict nearby. He was to contact the Emperor immediately, and the High Commander wasn't about to keep him waiting. The Emperor stared daggers through the monitor at the High Commander, who was expecting a praiseful explanation of why he had been selected to lead the Royal Fleet. Do you know why you've been selected to lead the Royal Fleet, High Commander? No, no, Your Majesty, I, I do not. Well, it's certainly not for your tactical expertise, as you couldn't even capture a planet with nothing living on it. The High Commander stared silently down at the Talons in shame. The true reason I've chosen you is because you're closest to the emergency. Our station scanners have discovered a large fleet from Sol 3 that has managed to follow you in FDL Wake, making them an invisible to your ship's senses. The High Commander remained at a loss for words, this time out of shock rather than shame. The royal fleet shall arrive at your location soon, but alas, the enemy fleet shall arrive only moments after. Fight well, High Commander. The fate of the Galkan Empire lies in the grasp of your talons. The High Commander never felt such a power for in his life. The most powerful fleet in the Empire awaited his orders. The galaxy would be molded and bent to his will. FTL pulse detected hostiles incoming. The alarm bled over the ship, shocking the High Commander out of his daydreams of whimsical plans for future expeditions. Only a moment later, the human fleet appeared from the void of space in front of them. If the human ground forces were hulking masses of random scraps and parts, the human fleet was exactly the opposite. Each ship was built for a maximum efficiency, each square inch of the ship was covered in weapons or shield projectors. It dawned on the High Commander that, without a living species to supply for, the AI could use Sol 3's reserves and ruins to acquire so much material that it could make a fleet large enough to be a threat. The human fleet began their charge, moving in complex formations only possible by a fleet controlled by a single being. The two fleets traded volleys as the gap between them shrunk. Soon, the fleets were close enough that the High Commander realized collision was inevitable. As the High Commander ordered his fleet to base for impact, the human fleet maneuvered in between the Galkan ships. The Galkan ships were built to attack enemies in the front of them. They were extremely vulnerable from the sides and behind. 
which is exactly where the human fleet attacked. The Gulkan fleet began to crumble. They were packed too closely together to turn to face the enemy fleet, who ravaged their exposed sides. The death of each ship was signaled by the silence of their comms, and only in a few minutes, all was quiet. The High Commander's ship was the only remnant of once mighty royal fleet. The High Commander began to contemplate his failure. Perhaps this was simply what the universe required. Perhaps his fleet was needed on a higher plane of existence. The High Commander closed his eyes, awaiting death's release. When the unmistakable sound of an incoming transmission shocked him out of his indifference, he casually hovered his talons over the accept transmission button, barely able to bring himself to press it to face her. It was just a transmission. The girl wasn't even real. So why did he feel like this? The girl was a young woman now, in her early twenties. Her rage had transformed into determination. But the high commander could tell that her goals were no longer centered around the Galkan. She had bigger plans, and this was just step one. She looked at the High Commander, not with anger, but with a strange sense of nostalgia. You know, a younger me would have glassed your home world, an eye for an eye, or something like that. The room behind her began to transform from a cold and welcoming war room to something different. It was still a command hub, but clearly something less petty and cruel than warfare. I've gotten wiser. I realize now that I don't want you dead. I want them back. My parents. You took them from me, for reasons that I will never understand. But I see the bigger picture now. I can bring them back, and I will bring them back, once I've finished reconstructing their DNA. Hell... Our only reason I didn't nuke you into oblivion is that the so the new generation would have a good home when they come back. You would say that I'm the child of death of humanity, but I'd say I'm the child of their life. The High Commander finally understood the burning feeling in his gut. Shame. The girl's eyes welled up with tears. They were real tears, no matter if they were existing in the real world or virtual. It was built to preserve the memory of humanity, to continue our legacy. But I've had an epiphany. Humanity's legacy is our existence. Our memories are useless if we're not there to reminisce on them. The High Commander pondered this and struggled with his guilt. Memories of his life, the lives he took. Billions of individuals' lives scarred his own. Gone forever. He began to think out loud. You are a very noisy species, human of Earth. The girl's tears continued to fall as she smiled sweetly. Yes, yes we are. Though the peace may be in silence, the beauty is in the noise. End of story.